Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 149, which we are recording on Tuesday, September 12th, 2017. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are back in our normal recording habitat. So we're at Charlene's house and you will probably hear Nani, her bird, in the background. Nani has been very entertaining since I arrived. So, <laughs> and. Popo the kitties wandering around, and maybe Boo will make an appearance That's too. That's true. You never know. <laughs> it's been pretty warm here, so the kitties are tired. Yeah, and just sleepy. Sleepy kitties. Sleepy lazy. So what are you wearing? I am wearing my over-the-top tank, which is a pattern by Megan Williams of the Stockin' It Zombie podcast. And I knit mine, let's see, back in... August of 2014. I know. A long so time that's ago, right? Three years ago. Yeah. I'm having a hard time <laughs> understanding that this top was knit three years ago. Time but is kind of freaking me out lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really super hot today. I'm wearing this with a very small tank top underneath because it is warm, but it does need a layer. And I knit mine in the Knit Picks Lindy chain. It doesn't take a lot of yarn. I used only just over 500 yards for my top. And I knit mine in the silver. And this was a pretty basic, easy pattern. It's called literally over the top because that's the way you knit it. You start at the bottom on one side and you knit up. To the shoulders and then back down the front. Pretty basic. <laughs> yep, and then you seam the sides. So it's one giant kind yeah. of rectangle with the head hole. Right. And then you fold it in half right. and seam the sides. So that is literally over the top by Megan Williams. How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? Well, I wanted to add that Megan Williams is also now of the Knit Cahoots. So we had reviewed yes. the Minnesota 52 book a few episodes back. So just another little perk for Megan. So I am no longer wearing my Lar cardigan, <laughs> which is by Gudrun Johnston. And I was wearing it when I arrived, but it was too warm to keep it on. And this, okay, you want to have a time freak out? I knit this in August 2012. Oh, wow. I had to keep going back and back and back and back in my projects. And I kept thinking, did I skip it? Did I miss it somehow? I... It does feel to me like that one you knit a while ago. And I have always thought that that was one sweater that you don't wear enough. I don't wear it enough. it's so beautiful. I agree. <laughs> when I pulled it out of my closet today, I almost gasped. And I thought, wow, why don't I wear that more often? Well, the reason I don't wear it more often is because every single time I wear it, I snag it on something. And just about five minutes ago, I snagged it on my zipper on my project bag. Oh, you so did. I, well, barely snagged it. So it's just one of those that... My lifestyle is too rough for this because it's a lace weight cardigan and it has a lace yoke that goes across. It goes under your bust line. So it's probably a little over half of the sweater is the lace pattern. And then it's stocking it at the bottom and there are beautiful little pico bind offs on the sleeves and the bottom and a pico bind off around the neck. And it has little tiny dainty garter stitch button bands and it's just a gorgeous gorgeous sweater it and really is. I love it and I should really knit another one but I don't wear that one enough to justify it but 
You should in another I one. should. I knit it in Madeline Tosh lace, which is now discontinued, in the Morning Dove colorway. And it's a very, very light blue with gray. So it's slightly variegated. And it's so pretty. It's a gorgeous color. I get compliments every time I wear it, too, because it of the color on me. It looks fantastic on you. There's so, something about that style that it's very flattering on well, you. Well, thank you. See, so, so I have to wear it more often, so, even if yes. I snag it, because <laughs> if it's in the closet, then it's not getting worn. What's the point anyway? Right, right. Okay. So, but it's not on anymore because it's just too darn hot. Yeah. So that's Lar, L-A-A-R, by Gudrun Johnston. What have you been stalking? Okay, I have been stalking quite a bit lately because for, well, for several reasons, I haven't been knitting as much as usual. So I've been stalking. Part of it has been the heat. Part of it has because I did something that made my hands ache. So I've just had oh, no. little things going on. So I haven't been knitting as much, but stocking, stocking in full force. <laughs> See the big smile I get on my face when I you can hear it in your stocking. voice. Too. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't hurt your hands. It doesn't matter. Right. It's hot outside. Right, and so stocking. I have noticed that there are a couple of trends out there that I'm seeing in patterns, and one of them is one that there goes <laughs> That's nani. There goes the nani bird. <laughs> one of them I'm sure everybody has seen because of the popular fade patterns from Andrea Maori, but that's one of the trends that I've been seeing. There's been a lot of patterns that are using that fade type of blending of colors. I remember the first time I saw them, and I mentioned this previously, was in a lot of koigu patterns. And there was one pattern that was really popular 10 years ago or so. It was popular on the knit ring at the time, and it was called Charlotte's Web. And that was probably the first shawl that I saw where people, that became very popular, I should say. I'm sure people have been blending colors since the beginning of knitting. But I remember the Charlotte's Web shawl was the first one that became really popular that I, I was aware of. And so lots of patterns are coming out using that technique now. And one of them, there's a real... It's called the Easy Peasy Fade Cowl, and it is very easy. And the reason I'm bringing this one up is because it's a free Ravelry download. And it's a pattern called, or it's a pattern by Heather Rhodes, and it's a basic ribbed and stockinette cowl, but it's done in that quote-unquote faded style where you change from one skein to another. So if you have partials, that are left over from other projects, this would be a great pattern to use to fade those partials. I think the pattern calls for, it looks like maybe three in the sample, but 300? Three or three different colors. Oh, okay. But just like anything else, you could use as many as you want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take the pattern, adapt it, make it your own. And the second trend that I've been seeing a lot of is the striping and the use of mini skeins, which are so fun. And you, you can always use mini skeins or leftovers, either way. There was a pat, well, there is a pattern called Mini Stripe Cowl by Angie Kimmel. And it looks like it is not a free pattern anymore. It was a free pattern 
at one time. There are a lot of patterns that when they're introduced, the designer will offer them free for a short period of time. And this one is, it also looks like a fairly basic cowl, but you can use leftovers or mini skeins to create the stripes. And it's done in a gray with pink and orange. That's so pretty. it was attractive because it's a lot of my favorite colors are in there. And she looks like there's a solid pink stripe and a solid orange stripe. And then the middle stripe looks like a speckled yarn with pink and orange. So a nice blend, nice way to use those little bits or those mini skeins. So again, Mini Stripe Cowl by Angie Kimmel. And then the third pattern that I have been stocking is one that I'm probably not going to make right now because I don't have a baby to knit for right now. But this is a free pattern by the Noble Thread called French macaroon. Now that I look at it, it says macaroon, but I thought those cookies were macarons. Well, it depends on if you're pronouncing it like a French person would or... Well, I thought the macaroon with two O's were those coconut cookies. You're right. So, now that I'm looking at the spelling. Yeah. So I'm perplexed. I don't know about the name. The name says French macaroon, which to me, the macaroons are those coconut yeah. cookies. And it's the it macarons. It might be spelled the same way. It might be. And the macarons are the French cookies that come in the pastel colors, which is what this sweater. That are really yummy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and generally gluten-free, I might add. Oh, I didn't know that. So <laughs> uh, back to the sweater. <laughs> now I'm dreaming of cookies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think this sweater is based on the pastel French macaron cookies. And it is mostly garter stitch. The, the sweater is knit in two pieces and seamed. It uses Cascade Ultra Pima, but you can use any yarn you want and it will fit the baby at some point. Here we go. In the description, she says these cute little French macaroon sweaters and then in parentheses, she says, or macaron in French. There we go. Okay. So maybe there's a difference in the spelling. But to me, a macaroon is the coconut cookie, yeah. which is completely different and not so delicious. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do too. like, well, I do I'm like getting those. distracted. <laughs> I, and yes, this is very much an aside. I do like the macaroon cookies, but I feel like so many times... I've so many times that I have had them in the past, the coconut has not been fresh. And if the coconut is not fresh, it ruins the cookie. Oh. End of aside. Okay. <laughs> Understood. So that is the French macaroon or macaron sweater by the Noble Thread. The fourth thing that I have been stocking is a crochet shawl. Sorry for the pause there. I was think I was trying to decide do I want to say shawl or do I want to say that this is also a faded shawl in that same style. Although this one may have been crocheted in color changing yarn. The pattern is a free pattern on Ravelry called Summer Morning by Yulia Kachenko and it does not have Oh, actually it does have a recommended yarn. Why did I think it didn't? It does have a recommended yarn. And I am thinking that 
perhaps it is the yarn that does the color changes. Like it's a, a color changing yarn or a yarn that has long color stripes, repeats long color changes, repeats. Like yeah. Kauni or something. Yeah. But you could also do this in the faded style. And I just thought it was really cool that there was something for crocheters out there that was very similar. Ooh, that is cute. Yeah. And it's done in nice pastel rainbow. It's very pretty. The pattern is unusual in that there are no written directions. There's just a chart. Oh, those crochet you, charts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You look at the pattern. I, I downloaded it because I wanted to look at it, and it's just a triangular representation of the shawl. And then it's got, for example, little symbols to mm -hmm. say, like, double crochet, double crochet, double crochet. They'll have 10 of those in a row right. and say you do 10. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it would be kind of fun to sit there and figure out the chart. <laughs> so that's Summer Morning by Yulia Kachenko. And then the last thing is one that I haven't been able to really stop talking about since I stopped <laughs> it last episode because the designer released a paired pattern to this top. It's called the Ginga Top by Yoko Johnston. And if you recall last episode, I was stocking it because it looked like a great summer top that had been... The sample had been knit in a linen or a linen blend, and it just looked like a really nice summer top. It was cool. It was made of linen. Basic. It looks like something that will be, that I would be able to wear for years and years. So since we talked about it last episode, Yoko Johnston, the designer of the Ginga Top, has released a paired pattern to it called Ginga Top Winter Sky. And the Winter Sky version is more of a cooler weather top that is knit in a merino silk blend is what her sample is knit in. And it has three quarter sleeve, three quarter length sleeves. Very cute. What is the yardage <laughs> on that? Let's see, it goes from 1,028 yards to 1,476 yards. Ooh, I have two sweater quantities in stash that are silk blends that just popped through my mind when you said that. Yeah. So I like them both. I could see myself knitting both, and I appreciate the value of the two types of garments that you can knit from one pattern, because if you purchase the pattern for Ginga Top, she includes both versions of the pattern and I haven't looked at it I haven't yeah I haven't downloaded the pattern so I don't know if it's all written into one pattern together or if there are actually two separate actually it does it says you will receive each pattern as a separate pdf so it's two separate patterns so what a great value yeah <laughs> And when I saw Charlene, so the first time we saw it, I had texted Charlene and said, did you see this? Because it's amazing. And then yesterday she texted me and said, did you see the three quarter length sleeve version? And the top with the shorter sleeves didn't really appeal to me. Don't know why. But when I saw it with the three quarter sleeve version, I thought, oh, I want to knit that. Yeah. So 
I think we'll both I be love talking it. about it because we'll yeah. both be knitting it I love sometime it. I love in the not-too-distant future. And I'm really excited because I have recently knit one of Yoko Johnston's patterns when I knit the ivy line. Oh, that's the one. And I, I liked the way one. it was written, and I thought... I thought it was very clear, very well-written pattern, so I'm excited that there's another one from a designer that I know, and I think I'm going to make this one soon. I just have to figure out if I want to make the short sleeve version or the long sleeve version, because I do need another short sleeve top. <laughs> need. I love it. Well, I do, because... Oh, yes. Pulling this out, I have dun, to tell you guys dun, dun. about the tragic felting incident of 2017. <laughs> I have now made this top called Buttercup. I believe it's by Heidi Kiermeyer. Yep. I have made this top three times, and I think this is the universe telling me it's time to stop. The first time I made it, it was too big. The second time I made it, it fit better, but I felt the yarn weight I used was too heavy. I still have that second version. I made it in Rowan Calmer, actually. Mm -hmm, I remember. And I felt that was too heavy. So the third time, I felt like I hit it right. I made it out of the Holst Yarn coast which is beautiful yarn but let me tell you now didn't come out of the washing machine too well oh, it's sad. <laughs> and that was total accident on my fault I loaded the washing machine in the dark basically I oh, was doing is that it how it happened yeah. oh. I was it was early early morning and I was loading the washing machine and I didn't notice and I the fabric is not bad, but if I were to try to add length to the garment, you'd be able to tell the difference in the fabric. So that's why this will be going to some smaller person than me. And why you probably <laughs> will never knit another Buttercup by Heidi Kiermeyer. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I just feel like the universe has told me that it's time for me to stop knitting this pattern. It's sad because that's a perfect color for you. And Now, I'm curious how your knitwear ended up with your regular laundry. I am so paranoid about it that I'm very careful. I didn't even put my hand knits out near the laundry, period. I only move them there and back when I'm touching them myself. Yeah, I usually, usually I put my knitwear in a separate basket. So when just it needs fluke. to be washed, this was just a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks like a t-shirt. Yeah. It's really light, and I I must have just tossed it in the regular hamper. Very sad. It's all right. You know, I'm not really that broken up over it. Yeah, you seem, even <laughs> yesterday when you were texting me about it, I thought, she is really handling this very well. I, I'm not. You know, I have so many hand knits, and the Coast Yarn is so unbelievably well priced that I this top probably cost ten dollars in yarn. In so. yarn, but I'm thinking the time. It didn't take long. This didn't take long. <laughs> I'm I'm fine. 
I'm really not that upset about it. I don't know That's why. That's good. That's very good, though. I'm glad. But, yeah. So, yeah, felting happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why I may be knitting the Ginga Top by Yoko Johnston sooner rather than later. And, you know, I may, I should just cast on a linen version, try out the pattern, and then knit. Since I like it so much, I can knit a cooler weather one in a month or two. Yeah, and I've been, or you've been having analysis paralysis, not knowing I what sweater to cast totally on next. Maybe this been. is also the universe helping you make a decision. Perhaps. Yeah. Because I really have been having problems figuring out what to knit next. <laughs> so how about you, Gail? What have you been stocking? Well, before we start, you were mentioning mini skeins mm -hmm. and the cowl pattern. And that reminded me of a book we reviewed quite a while back called Mini Skein Knits. I 25 Knitting that. Patterns oh, yeah. Using Small Skeins and Leftovers. <clears throat> and our friend Yelena Dasher has some beautiful, cute patterns in there. And there are lots of patterns for accessories and sweaters, and they use up partials and or mini skeins. So wanted to mention that also. So what am I stocking? Like the last few episodes, I haven't been stocking much because work has been kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So computer time has been devoted to working instead of playing on Ravelry. I mean, what's up with that? Why? What's <laughs> up with working when I'm in front of the computer? It's just a shame. <laughs> it is. It is. One thing that I did come across because I've been really focused on finding the perfect cardigan for my pink fade. So I did my beautiful pullover combination sweater in the grays to turquoise, mm -hmm. which I love. And now I want a pink one and I want it to be a cardigan. Well, I originally thought I would knit Polly by Isabel Kramer and realized that it doesn't take enough yarn. Kind of silly mm. to hear that doesn't take enough, but there are four skeins I want to use in this blend, and I still haven't found the perfect second color, and I could just do three colors and take out the fourth, but it just doesn't work for me. I really want that fourth color in there. So I've been stocking cardigan patterns that will work with fingering weight yarn, and I found one. It's called Naima by Ankastrick, and Charlene actually stocked this quite a while, while back. I love the little pocket detail on it's that one. It's really super duper cute. And it is a top down, all in one piece. There's no seaming or anything. And it has the pocket detail, like Charlene mentioned. It's It doesn't say A-line in the tags, but it looks A-line. So I think it's raglan. And there's a detail down the side that starts narrower and grows in a like an extended triangle and the pockets are right in the center of that extended triangle and it has it might be a slip stitch it might be eyelet I'm not sure but you can see where those tri that triangle increases down the side of your body so it's a cute 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 design detail in my opinion and it even oh she even has a little bit of color work inside the pockets I probably won't do that since I'm doing it as a fade and it doesn't have a shawl collar per se, but it's pretty close to a shawl collar. Kind of has like the sailor collar, so it kind of goes down the back a little bit. So that's super cute too. And it kind of reminds me of the Armand sweater that I knit several years ago. It's yeah, that same type of layer along the upper back and upper shoulders. Super, super cute. So that's Naima 
if I'm pronouncing that correctly, by Ankastrick. And it's actually knit or calls for sport weight yarn, but I'll be using fingering. And I'm pretty darn sure that's gonna be the sweater because it uses the right amount of yarn because it's a raglan type shaping. It might be contiguous, but I don't think so. It doesn't, they don't have very many tags on it to know for sure. And I haven't purchased the pattern yet, but the way it's knit, it's construction lends itself to a fade. So the other sweaters I was considering knitting had set in sleeves, which I don't think works quite as well with the fade. So this is what I was aiming for. And I think it's going to be perfect and it's super cute. And it's one of those sweaters you can live in. So will you change the pattern, change the maths, or will you just knit a different size or will you knit the fingering weight yarn to the same gauge as the pattern? What I'm going to do is swatch and see why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to see how the colors play together anyway. So yeah. I'll swatch just to see also how the colors work together. But yeah, it's the gauge is 19 and stitches see. and 26 yeah. rows, which is definitely like. going to be a stretch for fingering. So mm -hmm. I will probably do the maths or simply change the size I knit. Take numbers at least from a different size. Exactly. But knit to the measurements of the size you want. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll keep you all updated on my decisions with that. But okay. that's Naima by Ankastrick. And the other one I'm stocking is called the Frenchman's Bay Cape. And it's a top-down cape with a mock turtleneck. And it's reversible because it has a really interesting texture stitch that, if you turn it inside out, looks just as pretty. And it's a Gansey textured knit and pearl pattern. Now, the reason, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's been a really long time. When we lived in France, we got Josie the most adorable cape, and I've always wanted to knit something very similar for myself. It was, I thought of it as a poncho, but it's probably a cape. It had arm slits, so you could put your arms through it. It had a little kangaroo pocket, and I think it had a hood also. And I loved it so much, and I've always been looking for the pattern that I could use to create a similar type of garment for myself. And this one could probably do it with some modifications. I'd have to, to do the arm slits. It would probably have to be a little bit longer than the pattern looks like. And I probably wouldn't do a kangaroo pocket, but otherwise it would kind of give the look of what I've been wanting to knit. So, you can tell I'm thinking about it as I talk about it because it would require some modifications, but it's a really pretty pattern and it's a $5 download by a designer I've never heard of, Gail Clow, and she spells it the same way I yeah. do. Yeah, and did I mention that pattern to you? I don't think so. Okay, because I saw that pattern mm -hmm. and it was my fully, in I mean, this pattern is in my just having looked at in the last really? few days, yes, because I saw this pattern and I, um, I, it was fully my intention to send you the link to it because I said, oh, this is this is something that Gail will like. Oh my gosh, <laughs> see, we do this. It's, yeah, so I don't think that you ever did, but you probably I don't think were going I, to. I going don't to. think I did either, but I when I saw the photo on your phone, I did this double take. Wait a minute, <laughs> I was going to send that link to you. So very she knows surprising. me very well. The Frenchman's Bay Cape. Very, very cute garment. 
and I don't think I have any yarn and stash that would work for that, but it wouldn't have to be knit in worsted either. DK might make better sense for our climate, but it's super, super cute. It is. So those are the two that I've been stocking. Okay. So what have you been knitting? I have been working on almost exclusively my second confetti pullover sweater. Confetti is a pattern by Vera Falamaki that Gail and I have been obsessed with all summer. <laughs> and I am knitting mine in the bladed blend bladed. I was trying to say blended fade. Oh, see, I make up words like that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I do that all day long. So there you have it. The blended fade is now the blade. The blade. <laughs> I like it. So I am knitting my confetti in the bladed <laughs> style. <laughs> so I've taken three single skeins that I am blending or fading into each other. Two yarns from Twisted Owl. And the third is from Malabrigo. I've started with the lightest on top and down to the darkest Malabrigo at the bottom. I've finished the sleeves and I am on the third color. So I'm at the point where I think I need to put it on some scrap yarn or a second pair of needles and try it on, see how long it is. Or also hold it up against my first confetti to see. I don't think I've reached the length that my first one was, but I'm very close. Very, very close. It is so cute. It is adorable. I'm really excited Absolutely about this adorable. one because the first color is a speckled on a neutral background with pink and purple, more pink in there than purple. And then the second color is a pink and purple speckled, but on a lavender background. So they go together really well because they both have colors from each other in there. And then the second color has dark purple speckles in it. And the third color is a more tonal purple. So you see a trend here? Yeah. It's guaranteed <laughs> to make a person smile. Guaranteed. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait to show you guys photos of it because I just I'm absolutely over the top in love with it <laughs> so that's confetti by don't Vera Valimaki what don't felt that one somehow I know no, super I wash yarn super but wash, but I will be very careful with that one and then the second thing that I have been working on that is in my hands right now is my Divi poncho and I know that I've been working on it all summer but it rarely comes out into the light of day except when I podcast so there you have it. It's a long-term project. <laughs> it's a very long-term project. Yeah. But I am, as Gail pointed out, I am nearing the end of my first ball of yarn. I don't remember if it was a full skein or a partial, but either way, that's a significant point. It barely fits be. on the tip of her index finger <laughs> yeah. when she's swinging around I, at the I'll have to take a look and see if I'm going to knit more of the light gray or if it's time for a color block change. I'm going to be knitting mine with leftovers, so it's going to be color blocked. It's going to be cool. Yeah. So that is the Divi Poncho by Jumper Cables. How about you, Gail? What are you knitting on? I wanted to comment that her Divi color is almost identical to the tank top she's wearing. It is. We observed that when she took it out of her bag, so I like it. Pretty gray. 
So right now I am knitting a swatch for my next sweater, which I'm about to cast on. And I'm going to cast on Anu Lair, which is a pullover sweater by Hilary Smith Callis that I stocked quite a while back. It's really cute. It has a little patterned, I think it's feather and fan, right at the center of your bust line. Yeah. And then it goes A-line from there. It's a scoop or V-neck top. And then it goes into an A-line shape from there. I'm loving A-line shapes right now. So super excited about that. It has three-quarter length sleeves. It's a top-down knit in the round. And I'm really looking forward to casting on. I'm swatching and will be using Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in the Venetian colorway, which is, I would want to call it burgundy, but it's a deep royal purple leaning burgundy. Yeah. What would you say? Almost that more purple sounds than right. burgundy. Okay. It's very whiny. Yeah. Very, there you go. That's a good description. <laughs> not, not that it's complaining about things. Yeah, it, it's, wine isn't <laughs> what you drink. Yeah. <laughs> wine as children in, do. As in grapes. <laughs> So, and it was a gift from my awesome friend, Anne. Thank you, Anne. And it's so pretty. I had three different yarns out that I was considering for Anulaire. And I was holding them up to myself and asking everybody, my mom, Max, Max's friends, poor things, um, <laughs> Mike, and almost exclusively, people wanted me to use a blue color, which I almost did. But I had it in my head from the very beginning when I looked at this pattern that it had to be this color and this yarn base. It had to be a uh, fingering single and mm -hmm. it had to be Venetian. I don't know why. And I kept looking at the blue thinking it would be so pretty in that blue, but it's just not what's in my head. Sometimes when you have that vision, you have to make what you see in your head. Otherwise... It won't be what you want. Exactly. So sorry, mom. She said, oh, you look good in that color too, but you know how I love you in blue. And Mike's response was interesting. Since he's colorblind, he said, you're going to like the blue one better, but I like this one better. And I said, it was the Venetian. And I said, why is that? And he said, it's darker so I can see it better. Mm. So there you go. I'm knitting it for my husband. Not really, <laughs> but that's my justification. So that's the Annulaire by Hilary Smith Callis. And what I'm almost finished with is my Markley sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. Also a top-down knit in the round, but it has interesting short row shaping in the neck and the shoulders. It is a drop shoulder sweater, so you pick up the sleeves and you do a little bit of shaping at the top before you knit straight down and do your decreases. The joy of the drop shoulder shape is that it's faster to knit a sleeve. I was amazed how quickly I did it. And guess what? I knit a sleeve and it fit the first time around. I didn't have to re-knit it. So excited. So thank you, Elizabeth, for writing another splendid pattern. I will definitely have this one done in time for the end of the Colors of Fall knit along. And let's see, what did I want to say about it besides how infatuated I am with the color? And Charlene gasped when I took it out when I got here. And she's going to help me take finished object pictures when it's time to make sure we capture this color well. It will be challenging because it's a merino silk blend. So it has that luster that silk gives. That, that shine. shine glow luster to it. And it's such a deep, beautiful color that it's going to be interesting to capture it. Mm -hmm. And it's just so pretty. It's such a gorgeous color. And that's by... Heather of Western Sky Knits. Mm -hmm. It's her crimson night colorway, and I love it. 
I have her Forest Knight, same base, at home, which is similar to this but green. So it's the same deep jewel tone. Mm -hmm. And now I really want to knit that too because <laughs> these colors are just making me so yeah. happy right now. She does those beautiful dark jewel tones very well. She's the best. Yeah. Seriously the best. So super happy with Markley. It's almost done. And the other thing that's almost on the needles is probably going to be the Yoga Shawl by Andrea Mowry. I say probably because it suddenly occurred to me the other day, maybe I want to knit another Vision by Martina Beam using the yarn that I have, which is Anzula Wash My Lace in a beautiful gray color. But thinking about it, I don't think I want a viagent that's solid. Well, it's not solid gray. It's a tonal, but covering that much of my body. I think it would have to be a different color. That's too much gray for me, I think. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I agree. Yeah. So the yoga shawl is actually a long rectangle that has buttons and buttonholes on two sides so that you can basically shape it any way you want. It can be a poncho, it can be a cowl, it can be many different shapes. And Andrea has a great video demonstrating different ways to wear it. And it's knit, the pattern calls for fingering weight yarn. So I was texting back and forth with Charlene, Carol, and Anne saying, well, what do you guys think about Viajant? And what do you think about the yoga shawl? And the group consensus was the yoga shawl would be better in fingering weight but I really want to knit it in this lace weight yarn. So I'm going to swatch that hopefully within the next two days. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast on in the lace weight, knit for a while, and then if I don't like it, I will use some fingering weight single ply that I have that's a similar gray. So it will probably be the yoga shawl, and it will probably be an Anzula lace, but it might be a yoga shawl in fingering, or you can see where I'm going with this. I was 100% certain it was going to be the yoga shawl in Inzula until a few days ago. But I think the other thing is the yoga shawl is really, really, really big. And I don't think I want it quite that big. So by knitting it in lace weight on smaller needles, I also achieve the goal of having it be not quite as huge. So that's another advantage of changing the yarn. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's true. I'm taking a, taking the power of my knitting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm choosing what I want to knit and how I want to knit it and not just Excellent. going by the pattern. You know yes. what I mean? It's, I'm growing as a knitter finally yeah. after all these 15 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It is a process. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm knitting or what I'm about to be knitting. Yay. And what have you finished? I finished my Dodging Raindrops Cowl Yay. by Vanessa Ewing. I should have pulled that out yeah, to I show you. Yeah, I want to see you. it. I totally that want to see it. That was an easy, fun knit. It's one of those tall cowls knit in the round. I knit mine in a yarn that I spun myself, and it's very purple, very gorgeous. It was an easy-to-follow pattern. I do recommend it if you have that odd amount of yarn and I meant to say this earlier it's it's a pattern too that you could take and blend yarns in the faded way because if you want to knit a blended or faded pattern you can you know do it with any pattern you don't have to purchase a specific pattern 
that's calls for that style. You can take any pattern that you've knit before that you really like and and make it your own that way. Yep. So this would work for that very well, but I used my hand spun. And I'm very happy with the way that turned out. Yeah. Two other things that I finished. I finished spinning a chunky yarn in a Western Sky Knit Superwash Merino that I chain plied. And this was kind of an experiment in keeping colors together because Gail and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, one thing that I'm learning is how to take a braid of color that has many colors in it and learning how to plan a little bit to get yarn that looks the way you want it to look. And one of those things that I learned about is keeping colors together and how chain plying does that. And basically chain plying is a gigantic crochet chain to result in a triple ply three-ply yarn and uh, that worked really well for me so that was exciting I'll, I'll pull that one yeah, out and I'll show you that. too that one was kind of fun to spin because I I got a really chunky yarn so there's going to be well, I think enough for maybe one or two hats in there awesome yeah and then the second thing that I finished spinning was a braid of Malabrigo Nube in the Plomo colorway and I spun that up as a two-ply so I got 464 yards and that will be a good amount for a shawl. It's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the and changing so grays soft. in that. Yeah. Well, so Malabrigo. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. So that those are the things I have finished. How about you? I finished my Painted Pixels blanket. It's done. It's in a box on its way to London right now. Yay. So my friend whose wife is having the baby, he finally let co-workers know. So we're having a work baby shower for him in London. Hopefully the blanket will arrive in time. And that was a labor of love. And one cautionary tale, I would say, because I had thought I was going to be knitting a scarf. I seamed it, part of it, like about half of it, with that intention, and then decided not going to wear it, going to make it a blanket after all, and then I seamed the other half. Well, when I seamed the two halves together and blocked it, <laughs> one side's a little, or one end's a little bit narrower than the other, so hopefully they won't try to fold it square, because it's not exactly square, <laughs> but happens, it's really, though. really pretty. It's... It was just such a pretty end product because each of those little motif squares, the little flower in the center pops up, so it looks three-dimensional, and it was soft, but also had substantial weight to it, and in London, they're going to need something that's warm that they can toss into the stroller, and I think it's the perfect stroller size. Mm -hmm. It's not. I think it ended up being like 28 or 29 by almost a perfect square oh, nice. and I expected it to be a little bit bigger but when I seamed it it did pull it in a little bit mm -hmm. but it's really cute and I highly recommend the pattern if you like to do motif like projects and that was the painted pixels blanket by Susan Carlson which is a crochet project and the other thing I did which made me feel so good I pulled my cherry bloom cardi <sighs> 
back out to work on it. And I struggled to do those color work rows for like two hours one day. And I was texting with Charlene. And all of a sudden I thought, why am I doing this? Why am I knitting something that's really frustrating me, really actually making me almost angry? And why I'm supposed to enjoy my knitting? And I thought, I'm pulling this sucker out. I'm frogging this thing. So I was texting with Charlene and I said, I think I'm going to rip it out. And she's like, oh no, but you really wanted that sweater. Well, by the time she responded, I was already ripping it out. It was already off the needles. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm ripping it out. This is great. That was really an instantaneous decision because my next text was going to be, think about it and do it in the morning or do nope. it overnight. But you were already ripping it I was by done. That point. I was I was done with that sweater like 10 rounds into the 40 round yoke. Hmm. I was finding no joy at all in capturing the floats when you do color work. If you have a color that isn't being used within a five stitch area, you're supposed to catch that yarn in what they call catch it, the float, the floating yarn behind your work. So the that strands, yeah, catch the strands so that it doesn't end up one distorting the color work or two, your fingers get caught on it as you're putting being it on and off. Yeah. yeah. So catching the floats with three colors was really tedious. <laughs> Twining and untwining the yarn with three colors was so tedious and it was taking me forever to do around and there was simply no joy in it. And that was all it took. And then I kept thinking, okay, I'm almost through the color work. I had about eight or nine rows left to go. So my next thought was, okay, there's a lot of finishing in the sweater. Mm-hmm. It needs to be steeped, then it needs to be finished. And looking toward, down the road at that part of it, I just didn't want to do it. It wasn't worth it to me to have that sweater finished. So I ripped it out and I was so happy. It was literally like a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I made a decision to not knit this. I'm one of those people where when I decide I'm going to do something, I do it. If I'm going to read a book, it's very hard for me to not finish the book. Even if I know I don't like it, well, I committed to reading the book, so I'm going to read the book. The older I get, the easier it is for me to say, (laughs) why am I doing this? I've actually stopped reading a couple books very shortly into it. I have done that in the past year too. Yeah. It's like life is too short to do something I don't want to do. So Cherry Bloom is frogged and Painted Pixels is done, which literally means the only project I have on the needles is Markley. It's almost finished. Thus the swatching of Anulaire and the imminent beginning of the yoga shawl. So I'm super excited that I got literally down to one project on the needles and it will be done before I cast on the next project. So how cool is that? It's, it's where I am too. I feel I don't, I don't have enough things on the needles right now. I'm sadly in need of more projects. I need to cast things on. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Now, before we move on, I did want to talk about the prizes for the knit along because it's almost done, you guys. So today is the 12th, isn't it? Yeah. Today's the 12th and it ends the 20th or the 21st. I'm looking right at it. I should know. Oh, how rude of me. I don't have our end date in the FO, the top of the FO header. I will add that later today. Regardless, by the time we record the next episode, The knit-along will be finished, and we will be announcing prizes. 
as of right now, we have 73 finished projects and we have lots of prizes from a lot of really awesome people. First, Zoe, who is Espresso Bean and has the store Espresso Bean Bags on Etsy, is donating one prize that's a DPN holder and a Notions bag, and a second prize that's a project bag. Super cute stuff. Then for three winners, we're going to have an issue of Stranded Magazine from Aaron, Monica, and Andy. Two winners are going to receive a project bag from Robbie, photo knit gal, who luckily did not get hurt by the storm, yes. the <laughs> recent hurricane in Florida. We have a copy of the Emmeline May Shawl by Boston Jen. We have a super cool project bag that's a color it yourself bag from Kathleen, who is, is Craft Buzz on Ravelry, and that's also the name of her online store. We have a skein of dragon sock yarn from Dragonfly Fibers in their limited edition Beaches colorway. We have a skein of yarn from Kathy of Straight Fork Farms, and her Etsy shop is linked in the thread. We have a copy of the Victorian Yuletide Ornaments from Jen Sheelan. Thank you, Jen. And new to the lineup, three winners will get to pick, oh, I'm sorry, two winners get to pick three patterns from Katie, who is Katinka Designs, and she just released a beautiful new two-color shawl and recently a poncho as well. And Hannah, one of our listeners who just knit the Georgetown cardigan, it's beautiful for the knit-along. She's Ketsy Girl 33 on Ravelry. She has a grocery bag design on Ravelry that's a super cute, like, farmer's market type of mm -hmm. bag. And she's donating one copy of that pattern as Yay. a prize. And I heard from Jocelyn today, she is donating two of the Fix-A-Stitch packages that include all the different sizes of the Fix-A-Stitch tool. So I'm adding that to the thread today. So that's a lot of prizes, and hopefully you will have your styled finished object in the thread. <laughs> Remember, there are a lot of pictures in the thread right now of your finished object, but it's not styled. So remember... Part of the criteria and the fun of this knit along is to put it into a styled Absolutely. outfit for yeah, fall. So it doesn't have to be on your body. It can be on a hanger. It can be laying on the bed or the floor. It doesn't matter how you style it, but we want to see it with, if it's a top, we want to see it with bottoms and shoes and maybe, you know, a handbag or necklace or whatever. It doesn't have to be extensive, but the more ideas you give me and Charlene, the happier we are. So there you go. Very true. That's our. That's the selfish reason for the, the, the actual styling of the colors of fall outfits. So lots of great prizes, lots of beautiful finished objects, and we look forward to seeing more in the next few days. Yay. And thank you very much to Plum Deluxe Tees for sponsoring this episode. Treat yourself to a monthly subscription of Plum Deluxe Tee. For only $10 a month, you'll receive a hand-blended, all-organic, loose-leaf tea thoughtfully chosen for the season. Tea Club members also enjoy special benefits like gift swaps, free shipping on all purchases, and access to a very loving tea community. Caffeine-free, allergy-friendly options are available. A tea subscription also makes a fantastic gift, and the holidays are coming. Plum Deluxe also has lots of new flavors in their online shop from pumpkin spice to almond chai. Visit plumdeluxe.com and explore. I need to order more tea too. No. <laughs> All right, so what did we want to talk about today? 
So this comes out of a discussion about knitted garments coming to the end of their wearable life that we talked about in episode 147. And in the episode thread, Maureen, aka expat2 on Ravelry, said, fashions generally and our taste specifically change. And that in a nutshell is it right there, I think. So we wanted to talk about how long can you really expect a hand knit to be relevant in your wardrobe. In the the thread for that last episode, Maureen shared a link to hand knit fashions by a designer named Patricia Roberts that were from the 80s. And did you look at that? I link? did. And it, they were very 80s. It screamed 80s to me. You've got <laughs> even more your, than the new Vogue. Yes, you've got your oversized, you've got your cropped, you've got your color, you've got big hair, you've got shoulder pads, and probably few of us would venture out in fashions like that, unless we were going to an 80s themed event, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that just led me to think about. So how long can you expect something to be relevant in your wardrobe? And what does it mean to say something is fashionable? And that led me to think about, so what is fashion? So here's a a short nutshell of some research that I did. What is fashion? So fashion is an expression of trends, beauty, originality, and creativity. I kind of think it's a blend of all those things because to say something is fashionable I feel like there needs to be some parameters well and there needs to be some element of originality there to to be fashionable something I feel like something can be contemporary but not necessarily be fashionable and what is contemporary contemporary means belonging to the present so there are lots of clothes that are what I call trickle-down theory clothes because they're copies of things that have been on the, ru- on, the, on the runway, the kind of clothes that you probably see in Forever 21, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're all contemporary clothes. They're all the fashion, they're all the style, and they're all the fashion of what is today, but none of them are really original because okay. they're all knockoffs. Of something that came down mm-hmm. the runway somewhere, but they are contemporary clothing. And on, if you watch Project Runway, <laughs> you, this is where I was heading to because on a recent episode, one of the judges, Nina Garcia, who is let's see, I don't I don't remember what her exact title is, fashion editor, or fashion editor like for Mary Claire magazine, so. She said something that stuck with me. She was, they were reviewing, I, I don't remember what they were reviewing, but they were looking at what they had said were the top three, the, the top three designs for that episode. And she looked at one of them and she said, now this is fashion. Hmm. And I thought that that made that particular design that she was speaking of that separated that particular design she was speaking of because it wasn't just a contemporary piece of clothing but it was also fashion it had that element 
of originality. I know which one it was. I think I do too. Yes, it was the the white white outfit. Yes. And so I think it, what she meant was that it had that element of originality. It had a little bit of a spark that elevated it into not just a trendy piece or a pretty piece. It had that spark of originality and that elevated it and made it fashion. I like that. I like that too. I don't know if it, 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 it all has anything to do with the world of fashion, but <laughs> but it's kind of how I had been thinking of it in, in terms of this discussion. And then what we as makers do is we look at things in terms of whether they're fashionable or not, whether they're trendy or not, whether they're comfortable or not, because as makers, we take a lot more into, well, there's a lot that goes into our decision process, or a lot more goes into our decision process than whether something is fashionable or trendy or not, because that may or may not have a part in your decision to make something. Right. It, it could be that what the reason you choose to make something is comfortable or the reason you choose to make something is because it's needed in your wardrobe for warmth or you need a specific type of piece in a specific wardrobe or in a specific outfit in your wardrobe, I mean. So all of that taken into consideration is kind of your personal style. And how often does your personal style change? Does your personal style change every few years or does it change every season? And since it's personal, personal style, that is personal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> does And how often, like how often would you say your closet changes over? Oh, goodness. I don't know. For me, it, it takes several years yeah, I for think my closet to change. The absolute turnover, because I have things that are many years old. Right. But the a complete turnover of my closet would probably be at least a decade. Yeah. And, yeah so it's and, a very slow process. Yes, yeah. and I would agree with that. I think that every season you probably have pieces that come in or out. And by season, I don't necessarily mean fashion season. I mean... Like every time it gets warmer, mm-hmm. you pull out all the pieces that you wear when the weather is warm. And if those, you may at some point start weeding those out. And yeah, I would say a decade is, is probably yeah. a good indicator because I probably have some t-shirts that are really old. I have some t-shirts that come in. But... I think, yeah, and I think however however long that period is for your wardrobe, maybe is however long you can expect a hand knit also. It's interesting that you say that because I'm looking at the times of the things. So what Charlene and I did is we looked back in our projects Mm -hmm. and picked things with the most longevity. You know, what what is something that I knit? A long time ago that I actually still wear. So the first one was actually from 2008, so 10 years ago. Oh wow! And I don't wear it that often anymore. But when every time I put it on, I think, God, I love this. It's a shrug. It's like a giant tube shrug that has little. It might even have thumb holes, and it just 
and you stick your arms in and it goes across your back and it's super comfy. It's in a pretty purple tonal yarn, that Brooks Farms yarn. It was, I oh, think I bought it I one of our very that. first stitches yeah. together. I remember knitting it in France. And the thing about it though, coming back to fashion, is often when I put it on, I feel like I look weird. And generally I don't care about that. I wear what I want to wear and I don't care what people think. And that's what always takes over when I put that on. I put it on and think, oh, I love this thing. And if I'm going out, I think, oh, people are going to look at me weird, but I don't care. So from a fashion perspective, it's not fashionable, but I don't care because it fits my personal style and my personal wardrobe. And that is 10 years old. What was your oldest that you still wear? That's a difficult one because in in we had talked about my old cabled sweater that I recently decided I'm not going to wear that mm-hmm. anymore and that is over the 10 year mark. I have I still have a sweater that's in my closet called Sitcom Chic. Oh, I remember that one. That I used to wear a lot and over the years it's been getting less and less and I think now that that's probably another one that I'm ready to get rid of I'm looking through all of the old sweaters that are probably over that 10-year mark Pretty much everything yeah. over the 10-year mark, I've already gifted to someone, yeah. and it was because it didn't fit, or it was a knitting fail. Like, I knit sitcom chic, but I knit it in an all-cotton yarn, and that thing just grew and grew and grew and grew. And I gave it to my mom, and she probably got rid of it, but most of the things prior to 2010 garments I do not have anymore because they moved on to a different home, because 2010 I knit the Apre Surf hoodie, which you've mm. talked about knitting recently. Mm-hmm. That is a garment I still wear on a regular basis. It's a pullover. It's a hoodie. It's lightweight, fingering weight. It has an all-over lace pattern, so it's not very, it's not too warm. It's knit in a very soft yarn, and it fits me really well. Even over the years, I've gotten bigger, and the sweater hasn't gotten bigger, so it fits me still really well. And I was thinking that checks off a lot of boxes for me. Pullovers are what I prefer to wear most of the time. I love hoodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I prefer to wear lightweight sweaters. The all-over lace makes it so that it's not roasting me alive. Yeah. And it's a soft yarn. I mean, yeah. those are kind of my qualifications <laughs> right there. Right. So it makes me think I should really knit another one of those because yeah. I wear it on a regular basis. Yeah. I wear it to yoga especially. It's like the perfect layer for that. And actually, I'm... Still scrolling through my Ravelry projects, and I realized that that yarn is not actually a sitcom chic anymore. So it's not the sitcom chic. It's oh, my February it. lady sweater now. I thought that you yeah. moved because it was the blue one, right? Yeah, the blue yarn. Yeah, yeah. I and that. I used to wear that so much, but I got tired of that pattern sweater. Yeah. So I took the yarn, which was Cottonese by Lion Brand, which is bulletproof. <laughs> this yarn. I don't know. I I run this sweater through the washing machine in both its first and second versions. And there is nothing I can do to this sweater 
that will make it die. <laughs> I've knit baby things in that brand, that yarn, it's, and yeah, it's really it's good. It's really good yarn. Yeah. So that is probably my oldest piece, and I knit that in 2008. Okay, so there we go. It's so the same 10-year it mark. About that 10-year mark, which is not to say that you can, things that are older than that are not still relevant in someone's wardrobe this is a personal thing mm -hmm. it's i think like gail had come up with that decade marker and i think that that for both of us that might be our personal marker but for some people it might be very different i think most people do in terms of their whole entire closet i think most of us evolve slowly unless you purchase a lot of fast fashion then that those particular pieces if they're quote-unquote trendier then those pieces probably go in and out of your closet quicker but in terms of a whole closet turnover most of us evolve very slowly and that big long explanation about fashion it makes it sound like Gail and I worry about fashion not even a little bit. <laughs> a lot more than, well, that's what I mean. It makes it sound like we worry about it more than we actually do because we really don't. It, In terms of our personal style, it really is more about what we like to wear, what we, what yarns we like to use. But the one way that I think fashion does come into play into our personal style is that we are very influenced by what patterns are available, of course. Yeah. And so in the sense that fashion influences what patterns are available for us to choose from to knit, we are influenced by fashion in that way. And we by what is in are. style. All yeah. of the knitters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it would be very... It could be very awkward and difficult if we were only looking, for example, if we wanted to knit patterns from 10 years ago, the yarns might not always be available. The instructions, we may not be able to find complete patterns, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But yarns change as well as fashion styles and yarns turn over too. So if you are knitting from older patterns, you may not be able to find older yarns. Yeah, the Opry Surf hoodie, it's a Rowan yarn that's long been discontinued. It yeah. had cotton, I think it had a little bit of Angora in it. And I remember it was even discontinued when I knit the sweater and I mm. got it on a D-stash. Mm. So certainly, yeah, the yarns will yeah. change. And that was from an Interweave Knits magazine. So the pattern is still available through right. Ravelry oh, or through yeah. Interweave Knits. Yeah. So you can still get the pattern. And here, you know, it's, it, I knit it in 2010, but I'm almost certain that it was an even earlier issue of Interweave Knits. I'm 99% sure. And therefore, that would be one pattern that's 10 years old that you've talked about knitting recently. Mm -hmm. And I just said, yeah. you know, cause it works so well in my wardrobe. Yeah. I'd never considered knitting it again until yesterday. It's, it's like, well, if I wear it, why not do another right. one in a different kind of yarn or whatever? Right. Because it's a great piece. In my it wardrobe. is a great piece. So not only was it fashionable 
at its time when it was a contemporary pattern, but it's still fashionable and I think still stylish. It stood the test. It has stood the test of time. And in terms of style, fits into both of our personal styles. Yep. So that's a lot of buzzwords, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look up the year it was. Let's see. Interweave Knit, summer 2008. Woo! Wow. So exactly 10 yeah. years ago. That's yeah. pretty remarkable. And that it's still, quote, on trend. I don't know if you would say that or not. But, you know. I think if it's still something that we would consider, then it probably wasn't a trendy piece. It was more of a classic <laughs> piece. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what works for us is the more classic. Yeah. Yeah, the other one that just scrolling through my project yesterday, the other one that is probably the second oldest one that I still wear is my coastal hoodie. Again, it's a hoodie. This one has pockets, which the Opry Surf hoodie does not, but it's a soft yarn. It has stripes, and you guys know I love stripes. It's knit, it's a gray sweater with super bright pops of color. It's Madeline Tosh, like window pane and pop rocks and these really bright, bright, bright stripes of color. And it's, it marks all the boxes again, you know, it just, yeah. And it's a classic cardigan hoodie. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that. And I was thinking ease, my ease sweater, it wasn't knit as long ago but when I was thinking like fashion and trends and how long ago in your closet ease fits a gap in my closet that's been a gap since I want to say the 80s maybe early 90s those giant champion sweatshirts that everyone used to wear that had the kangaroo pocket and they were hoodies and we all had them <laughs> it was probably even middle school that those started but Everybody had them, and to me, that's what ease is. It's when it's like a big, warm, cozy, cozy sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Yeah. It doesn't have the hood, and it doesn't have the kangaroo pocket, but I think I've grown out of the kangaroo pocket. <laughs> so it just, I was thinking of ease, and I thought, that really reminds me of that champion sweatshirt yeah. from so long ago. And they were so soft, and the more you wash them, the softer they got. Yeah. And it just was a fashion flashback because... I don't know if that was all the way across the country or if it was just here, you know, a yeah. fashion thing here, but the longevity end of it, I mean, that was a really long time ago that those sweatshirts were around. And yeah. that's, you know, my body just craves that, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> that sweater really just fits that one for me. And looking through my Ravelry projects, I have a project that I made back in May of 2010 called Ruth's Tea, which was from the summer 2010 yeah. interweave knits. And I still wear that. And it is a basic, basic pullover t-shirt sweater. Do you still wear really, it? I do. Really basic. And oh my gosh. I, yeah. Very short, just short sleeve. The body is made in a stitch so that it is... <clears throat> incredibly stretchy mm -hmm. so you can gain a little weight and it will still fit just fine this sweater stretches a lot and it's there's nothing about this at least right now that one would look at and say hey that's from a decade ago or mm -hmm. it's incredibly basic 
It's funny that you brought that sweater up because yesterday when I was scrolling through all my projects at the bottom, I realized that there was some there that I somehow put on hibernation instead of just deleting. Oh. Ruth's tea was one of them oh, because yeah. I remember you gave me the yarn. It was Malabrigo sock that's still in my stash. <laughs> And I wanted to knit that sweater with it. Yeah, and I remember, I remember casting on, we were on vacation in Los Angeles to see my uncle's play. And I was sitting outside by myself, getting completely frustrated, trying to get that sweater cast on. And I kind of gave up on it. And I've always wanted to knit it. And oh. I somehow just kind of forgot it's, about yeah. it. So you still yeah. wear that. Okay, oh, yeah. Then I do. I do. It's really comfortable. And really it's adorable. So, yeah. okay. Well, that's yeah. going right back. <laughs> I think I even took it out of my queue eventually, but I have the pattern and I obviously have yarn for it. Yeah. So you have to revisit that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. So I don't know if that exactly answers the question of how long can you expect to hand it to be relevant in your wardrobe? Because like we said, really it depends on your personal style, how often you turn over clothes in your closet, how often your closet does a full turnover, and whether you knit, choose to knit things that are trendy versus classic. But it's certainly... We'll start the discussion. Yeah, I'm really interested <laughs> to hear from you guys what stood the test of time in your wardrobe. Because Maureen and Donna also knit some of the sweaters from that designer. And they both said they don't even have them anymore. Yeah, that's So, right. you know, obviously the sweaters moved out of their whole world. You know, they yeah. moved them on to another yeah. individual or something. But it would be really cool to hear what you still have and still wear from, you know, years ago. From 10 years yeah. ago or close to 10 years or even just a few years yeah. ago. I'd love to hear that because it'll give me ideas of other things to knit. Exactly. Too. Instead of just the hot right now pattern. Exactly. You know, it's really cool to visit the old classics yes. and see what you would wear and why. So looking forward to the conversation that evolves from this. I think that's it. Announcements. Ooh, announcements. There was a... Very successful Jimmy Bean's wool bus trip. Yes, there was. <laughs> so the two folks that won the trip from our podcast both went on the bus trip. Heather and Melinda. Two weeks ago. Last weekend. Last weekend. Last weekend, yeah. So there have been some photos posted. So if you're interested, go take a look in the Jimmy Bean's wool bus trip thread because there are some fun pictures there. Mm -hmm. And then Gail and I will be at Lambtown next month, October 7th and 8th, which is in Dixon, California. So if you're going, let us know, and maybe we can meet up. Yeah, I've already I heard from Marcy, and she and Kim have the Destination Knits podcast, and they are going to be there, I believe, on Saturday. Barb and Tracy from the Two Knit Lit Chicks will be there on Saturday. So hopefully if it's not too hot, we can plan some kind of, you know, or, or, or destination where anybody who wants to go hang out can yeah. hang out. So that would be super fun yeah. to see people. So I think that is it. I think so. Went over a little longer than normal this time. So hope you stuck in there with us. Thank <laughs> you very much for listening. And happy knitting, happy everyone. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. 
visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley. 